0: Welcome to Weddings and All Things Culture, the podcast designed to educate couples and wedding professionals alike about what to expect when planning a culturally inspired wedding. Whether you're planning an Indian, Lebanese, Middle Eastern, or fusion wedding, we've got you covered. Here's your host, the cultural wedding architect, Keisha Scott. Hello and happy new year to everyone. Welcome to my podcast, I am truly excited to have you listening. Today also marks my 11th year in business. Happy anniversary to me. With a total of 15 years in the wedding industry, I am truly blessed that I have the experience, knowledge, and skill set to project manage some of the most beautiful weddings. My goal is to educate brides and wedding professionals alike about all that it takes to plan cultural weddings. So with that being said, let me tell you a little bit about me. I was born and raised in the beautiful island of Jamaica. I migrated to the United States when I was young. Growing up in Brooklyn, New York was very hard. My mother worked in Manhattan to provide for me and my siblings. And I was considered the spoiled one, not going to lie. So getting me on a bus or a train was in itself a project but I had to learn to adjust really quickly. Also growing up in a cultural household was very interesting. Before I was even born, I was destined to become a lawyer, a doctor, or an engineer, and that was the bottom line. So I graduated from high school, went to college majoring in biology under a pre-medicine curriculum and I was excited at the time. As the semesters went on, I noticed a lot of activities on campus and I went to them all, but that sparked something in me to become a little bit more creative. I wanted to step away from organic chemistry and math, and I wanted to focus on sketching and drawing and just be myself. So it was very hard to call my mom and tell her that I was going to be changing my career. But the conversation actually went better than I thought because my mom told me, Keisha, no matter what you decide to do, I will always support you. That was a heavy weight lifted off of my shoulders. And to be honest with you, I still loved medicine So when I graduated, I graduated with a degree in psychology, and then I went to nursing school and became a nurse. I worked as a nurse for many years before finally moving into weddings. In 2008, I established my business. It was called Infinite Bliss Events. (laughs) I went to a lot of networking events and introduced myself as a new wedding planner. As I grew throughout the years, I loved every bride that I planned their event or wedding. But I always still felt that there was something missing. So I sat back and I said, you know, if this is really what I'm supposed to do, give me a sign because something's wrong. I'm not sure what it is. I received three inquiries in 2012 that I would say, changed my life I received a Serbian wedding an Indian wedding and a Nigerian wedding all in the same year I didn't know what I was doing to be honest with you and I was a little nervous so when I met with my client's parents I was very afraid I thought they were going to not hire me because I've never planned a cultural wedding. But I remember one of my bride's moms saying to me, Keisha, I know you know how to plan, so don't you worry. I will teach you everything you need to know. I was relieved, <laughs> to be honest with you. And I went ahead and planned those weddings the best way that I knew how. And that is where I am today, planning the most beautiful cultural weddings. And I'm so happy that I had that experience. So thank you for listening to my background about myself and how I started this business. And now we're going to head into giving you five of my top tips on how to plan a cultural wedding. So we are in the peak of engagement season. For me, engagement season is usually around November 15th to February 15th. And I'll just date that right after Valentine's Day. And a lot of young ladies are going to hear that important question during that time. And I feel that once you're engaged, you need to spend time with your fiance, just relaxing, enjoying each other, and then we can move forward in the planning process. Now, here's a bonus. Before I get into my five top tips for planning your cultural wedding, I want to give a bonus. Before you do any of my five things, the number one thing you need to do is hire a wedding planner. A lot of brides don't want to do that, and they want to wait for a day of And I'm air quoting right now. You can't see me, (laughs) but they want to do a day of or month of because they feel that they have the time to do so. But hiring a wedding planner is not only booking your vendors because a lot of brides will say, oh, I can do that on my own, but that's fine that you can do that on your own. But hiring a wedding planner is not only about that. It's about assisting you with your entire wedding. So it's kind of like project management. We're managing your entire wedding. It's all about logistics. And most importantly, it's about time. Not only the time that it takes to book the vendors, but the time that it's going to take to create timelines and checklists and keeping all of your vendors and, and your venue coordinators on task to what's going on. So I want you guys to see that big picture and... Take out the term, oh, I don't need a wedding planner to book my vendors. It's it's a little bit bigger than that. So that's my first bonus for you before I get into my five top tips for you. So are you guys ready for my five top tips that you need to know that will lead to a successful wedding experience? Okay, I'm glad that you're ready because I'm ready to share that with you. And I know that there are going to be brides listening. There are also going to be wedding professionals. And those wedding professionals that are wedding planners, this will help you with your clients as well. Some things you might already know, but some things you might not. And there's not a big difference between cultural weddings and traditional weddings when it comes to these five tips, but it's just important that you do them in this order. For me, this is the order that I follow with my clients because it leads to a better planning process as we plan months and months in advance. So here we go. The first thing that I do when it comes to starting the planning process with my clients, if they hire me first, and that was the bonus that I just mentioned, if I'm hired first, the first thing that we discuss is number one, your budget. I meet with my clients and we have a full budget meeting. I will present my clients with a spreadsheet that will give them examples of a $100,000 wedding, $150,000 wedding with their guest count so they can see what that looks like. Now, I know a lot of wedding planners may or may not do that, but this is just something that I do. It gives a good picture of what Expenses are going to be allocated to what category. So, when I say category, I mean photography, videor- videography, decor, florals. So, this will help the parents as well as my bride and groom to understand what numbers look like. Because a lot of times, you know, brides will have in their head that a floral piece. You know, they really want it. It's huge, it's fancy, it's big, but they don't know that that big centerpiece is $500 per centerpiece. So just showing them numbers really helps. And that will also help when it comes to the second thing that I'm going to talk about, which is the guest count. And I bring that into the budget because they kind of go hand in hand. So, of course, when it comes to your guest count, if you're planning for a 300-guest wedding, a 400-guest wedding, or even a 1,000, I've seen it before, but I haven't planned one, it's very important to have that guest count because your number, your overall budget, is going to be affected. So if you're thinking that you're going to spend $75, even $100 per person, and you're having 500 guests, you know, that's really going to add up. So just seeing that spreadsheet and understanding what your overall budget is going to look like will help you when we're moving forward to hire your florist, to hire your photographer and videographer, and to understand the budget for each of those categories. When it also comes to your guest list, it's important for my brides, to speak to their families about who will be coming. A lot of families are overseas or they might be in another state. It's important to find out who's coming because a lot of times families, even though the family might be five or six people, only two people out of that family might be coming. So I also provide my clients with a spreadsheet Dividing that spreadsheet out, so it will be brides, guests, grooms, guests, brides, parents, guests, and grooms, parents, guests. So my brides can go in there, plug in all of their guests' names, addresses, and phone numbers, and sometimes email addresses, so that when we're doing, later on when we're doing RSVPs, sending out invitations and save the dates, everything is in one location. And a lot of times parents might say, oh, Uncle Sam and Aunt Jane are coming with the family. Well, we need to know what that number is because it's easy to say 400 guests. But if you don't count each person, that 400 guest count will go up to 650 easily. So I always encourage my brides and my grooms to just talk to your parents Get an idea of who will be coming and get numbers, solid numbers that we can work with. Thank you for tuning in thus far. Here's a brief announcement from our host. If you are a wedding professional in the area and would like a sponsored segment on our podcast, shoot me an email at info at com with the subject heading, Sponsored Vendor. All right, so now that we've discussed the budget and the guest list, let's talk about wedding dates. Now, for some of my clients, like my Nigerian clients or my Lebanese clients, they can easily select their wedding date. It's not a problem to associate it with a very special date Or the first time you met, or the first time you went on your date, and you want to select a wedding date around those special moments. Other cultures, um, like my Indian clients, they have to wait for a priest to give them their month when is the best time they should get married. So that might be a little trickier, but. Again, when you've already talked about your budget and you've already talked about your guest list and you're just waiting for a date, then it makes the process just a little easier. Once you get that date, then we can go into our fourth tip, and that is venue selections. There are lots of different venues around, and this is my favorite topic to talk about because I've noticed a shift in the wedding industry with my clients that are selecting venues. Before, when you're having larger events like 300, 400 guests, it was always ballroom, hotel, ballrooms, or even venue spaces that will hold a lot of people. Now, my brides are getting into more outdoor spaces. So they're going to barns and they're going to farmhouses where you have a lot more space, but then you also have the flexibility of bringing in everything that you need. So you'll bring in rentals, you can do a tent, you can bring in the chairs that you want. There's a lot more flexibility in space and price. Not necessarily saying that it's going to be less expensive, but the variety that my brides now have to select different options outside of the ballroom has been a hit and i absolutely love it actually my vendors love it my photographers are absolutely head over heels with outdoor spaces because they get natural light you can you can have a variety of spaces to photograph couples so again venue selections are important and I've noticed the shift in kind of moving outside of the ballroom and into more outdoor natural spaces. When it comes to venue selections as well, you also have to take an account of that venue. How many people can they hold? And a lot of times, and I'm not bad-mouthing venues, but I'm just saying sometimes the numbers are a little unrealistic. They will say 500 guests, but the difference is, is it a 500 standing room only or is it 500 banquet style? So that's where you have to make sure that you ask that important question with your venues. What is your capacity of guests sitting during reception? It can be 300 or it can be 150, just depending on you know, how they do that calculation. So find a venue that's going to be able to hold your guests comfortably and also be able to have many different options as far as multiple events. So if you're having an engagement party or if you're having multiple events prior to the wedding day, will they be able to accommodate those events as well? A lot of times guests are going to be traveling from out of the country or out of state. So having them at one location is always more convenient. It's convenient for families and it's convenient for the brides and grooms. But sometimes you do have to travel. So if your venue does not hold the guests that you're going to be able to bring and accommodate them, then you can always find another location close by where your guests won't have to travel too far And then you can accommodate them with transportation if needed. So again, venue selection is very important. It's one of my favorites. And I feel like once a bride finds a venue that speaks to her, matches her personality and style, um, then the planning process becomes a lot easier. And we are down to our final tip that you need to know that will lead to a successful wedding experience. And it's my second favorite (laughs) besides my venues. Um, It actually should be first, but it is your wedding professionals, your vendor selections. Selecting your A-team that's gonna execute your wedding to perfection is so important. As a wedding planner, I have my A-team that I know I love to work with. Of course, they're not mine because they're individual businesses. So sometimes when I call them to see if they're available, they're not. And I'm like, so sad. But I have great wedding professionals that I can go to that I know that's going to create magic and so as a bride, it's important that you fall back to your wedding planner to assist you on that day. Now, I'll put out a little disclaimer, and I know a lot of brides have heard this. <laughs> if you're in the planning process, you've probably heard this as well. But please, please hire a wedding professional. If your uncle is a photographer, but he has a business and he takes great photography, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about cousin Joe that just got a camera last week and thinks he's a photographer. Do you really want him photographing your wedding day? Maybe, maybe not. But for me as a professional, I want to be able to give you excellence. And so I require, and this is just me, I require only wedding professionals to work with me on my wedding. I am working for you as a bride. And so that's why I have to have those requirements because I want your day to be beautiful. Selecting your wedding professional is important, but I also have an order to this as well. (laughs) So as you know, after the venue is selected, I usually go right to my photographer videographer, and hair and makeup. That is it. Yes, you can find a florist and yes, you can do decor, but those are my go-tos. A lot of my brides, my South Asian brides, they will do it in another order. They'll do their venue, their decorator, Then they're photographer and videographer. (laughs) So it just depends. But I'm I'm open to having my decorators come in as well, as early as possible. So I want to be able to tell my clients that, you know, you're going to have video, but your photos you'll have for a lifetime. So I try to push photography as the next best thing to hire. And then video... And like I said, possibly decorator. And then we move through getting unlocking in all other vendors. So I feel like with these five tips, you will be on a great path to planning any wedding. It doesn't have to even be cultural. But I know from my brides that are having multiple guests, and there's so many different moving parts you know, selecting your venue, even if it's multiple locations has to be first to, and then we can think about other things. Once we lock in everything, I know some clients want to jump to the core right away, but it's really not that important to do that first. You want to make sure that you have everyone on that is your favorite. So if you've been, as a bride, if you've been watching on Instagram or Facebook and you're like, oh my gosh, when I get married, I want that hair and makeup artist for my day. Guess what? As soon as you know you have everything else locked in, your venue, you know, even photographer and videographer, your wedding planner will surely be able to reach out to them and say, I have a bride on this date. Are you available? And we can try to get your most important vendors booked first. But I just want to leave you with that, these five tips, because it's so important that we follow these steps. You know, your budget, your guest list, your wedding date, your venue selection, and then your vendor selections. And then once those are locked in, then we can move to timelines and chess checklist and logistics of the venue. And I feel like that is what you need to know in order to plan your special, special day. Well, I hope that you all enjoyed listening to my background and how I grew up, as well as me sharing my top five tips that you'll need to plan a successful wedding experience. Of course, there's so much more to talk about, and this is just my first podcast. So I'm just excited that you are here to listen. We're going to be, over the course of the year, bringing in guest speakers. So, your favorite makeup artists will be sharing tips, favorite photographer, videographer, even venues. We're going to be talking about it all. So, I'm so glad that you are here to join me today. And if you need any more information about what's in store for K. Scott Weddings and our podcast, Weddings and All Things Culture, check out our blog or our website, and we will be sharing lots more as we continue our journey. Thank you all so much. I'm so excited. I finally completed this project of having my podcast, and I hope that you'll stick around for more great episodes with me. Thanks and have a great night. Thanks for listening to the cultural wedding architect, Keisha Scott. Join us next time for great topics on planning and designing your cultural wedding. For more details, head over to the kscottweddings.com blog.